Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 55, 55 of Kuzawap. I am one of the hosts here at Kuzawap, Willie, a.k.a. Arrow, and as usual, we got the co-host. Isaiah, what's good, man? How we living today? It's episode three, season two, Kuzawap going down right now. Thank you for tuning in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are here for the first Marvel episode MCU, of... Baby. Season 2, MCU. Now, before anything, I'm going to clarify something right now. Ooh, clarify it. You're not getting a Madam Web episode of Cousin Wild. wish. <laughs> Shout out Terry, because he was like, hey, it sucks that there's no Marvel Marvel movies out. I'm like, technically there is. Let me know. <laughs> Let me know if you want to hit the psych. I'm not going to the theater. You wish. No. No. You will also not be getting a Craven the Hunter episode of Kuzawa. Uh, see, I'm in the camp with some of y'all. I actually want to see that one. So maybe you'll just get a solo IV episode. But when Venom 3 drops, we're going to hit the whole Sony-verse. All of the Venom 1, 2, Craven, Madam Web, Venom 3, all of them together. That's the first I'm hearing of that idea, and I think it's brilliant, Arrow. Let's do it. Come on, son. That's fire. Ideas. Them Venom movies Craven go Hunter, hard. Bro. Them Venom movies go hard, so I'm with it. But we're here for MCU, right? Real MCU. Not, not questionable. Not do the actors know or not. No, we're here for MCU's Echo. The first Disney Plus show, and maybe even the only Disney Plus MCU show of 2024. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. But um, yeah, we're here to talk about it. This is going to be a quick one. Give me a quick one. I be over there making faces. I yawned, bro. I you just, know? I yawned. You understand? I'm not. But that's going to be interesting to dive into why you're yawning. Let's talk about it. It'll be interesting. So Echo, obviously, for those who do not know, not obviously, because some people have been sleeping on Marvel in many ways. Um, Hawkeye, this character appeared on Hawkeye. She was like a second and antagonist force going up against Clint. Um, and then, yeah, they, they introduced her and her connections to the greater Marvel universe. And now here we are with a five episode short spotlight TV show about her. And, um, people were confused as to why we were getting this show. They felt like it was unnecessary. They didn't understand the bigger picture, yada, yada, yada. And they dropped all five episodes at once in January and they were like, yeah, here you go. First rated R. I forgot what it's called. TVMA, TVMA maybe. Yeah. Uh, TV show to hit on Disney Plus. Created for Disney Plus. And that was Echo. You know, it came and went very quickly. And so we, you know, we made that promise in our second episode of last year. We are going to be there for MCU projects. Um, so you'll hear some what if conversation in here also. But um. First things first, IV, I got to ask you, bro. We had our episode last year about Secret Invasion. Did you think Echo was better or worse than Secret Invasion? Secret Invasion is the worst thing I've ever seen come from Marvel, hands down, to this day. To this yeah. day. To this day. Yeah. yeah. And I think... Um, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things to like about Echo. And I think when yeah. you use the word, which you got this word from them saying it, right? Spotlight. Yes. I think spotlight is the perfect word to describe this show, top to bottom. Yeah. So tonight, Absolutely. today, this afternoon, 
wherever it is you're listening, whenever it is you're listening, you're going to hear me use that concept of a spotlight to break down what I think this has to offer to the MCU. Because I think that's what it is, man. And, And Secret Invasion was a waste of time. It was not a spotlight. Yeah. It was night night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this show, I've heard a lot of people, that joint was trash. It wasn't good. It was a waste of time. Right. And I hear those things and I think, well, on one hand, it's called a spotlight television show, which means Marvel knew that this is kind of like separated. Right. But there are there are seeds here that are planted where I'm like. But it's not, though, Mm. you know, it may not be important compared to something like Avengers Infinity War or Captain America Winter Soldier or even Loki season two. Like, I'm not going to tell you that it's important on that level. But for what it is. I thought it was okay. I thought it was an okay show. I thought it was cool, you know. Um, there are things about it that I didn't care for, but I don't think there's anything about it that I disliked right. either. Like, I don't think it's a bad show, right. you know, it, it may not be the show people wanted. It may not be something people are interested in, which fair, if you're not interested in it, I don't blame you. Just don't watch it. You know, don't hate on it. Cause it's just not what you wanted. Right. That's, that's my biggest thing from this show. It feels. Yeah. I think like there's not going to be an echo season two. We're not going to get that because it's just a spotlight show. And Echo as a character is in the spotlight. Her people are in the spotlight as a result of this show. But as that light shines, it also sheds a little light on some very important MCU moves right from the first episode. And we saw this in Hawkeye. We knew this was coming when it comes to Kingpin, an introduction of Kingpin in the MCU officially. We had seen and experienced him in those those Netflix Marvel shows. But it was up until this show dropped, all of the news on if this was confirmed officially from Marvel, if those characters would be making a reappearance, if they'd be coming and become canon in any way, shape, or form, and it was official with this. It, it This show shed light on those decisions from Marvel, and it makes it important. And I think that overarching, like my way I, I look at this show is they could have phoned it in, and I don't think they phoned anything in. It didn't feel like that, no. you know? Um, and, and that's what I appreciated because all of the news surrounding it and what will come from this show you know, it could it could have been the focus of the show, but it wasn't at all. You know, Maya is at the at the center of the entire story the entire time, but at the of it, little things, little motions, and important pieces of story, which we'll talk about tonight, today, they're important for us to know going forward. And I appreciate that about the show. I appreciate that the writers did that in that way. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to start off the way we kind of always do for TV shows, right? We have our pillars. Um, But the thing about this show is, like, because of how short it is, there's not going to be much time spent on these pillars, right? And I just want to start off with, like, together, just the sound and score 
as well as like the way the show is shot. Um, it was cool. You know, yeah, it was. It, it was. was cool. Nothing too crazy. There were some shots in particular, fight scene wise, which I want to get into. Stunt action, which I thought were really well done. Like, yeah. the opening episode has some great stuff featuring Echo and Daredevil, right? Yep. Where, you know, they they're treating this character with care. She whoops ass. She, she really does. She's a like beast, crazy. Dude. She's a beast. Um, they have a cool sequence in that first episode where they have like kind of a one-shot take where they just follow and they let her and Matt cook. They just cook, they go back know. and forth. One of my favorite moves in that episode is when she goes and she goes to kick him. So she but she holds her foot back and then lets it go when the the foot is lined up to hit him in the face because she goes to kick early. So she has to hold it and spins and then it was clean. And then to it take was. that, move into the fence. I lo- I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed all the fight scenes in this, actually, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the roller rink, the roller rink was cool. That one yes. felt a little bit more edited, fast paced in certain parts. Sure. But there are other parts where she picked dude up like he had her pinned against the pinball machine. She flipped him around, picked him up, and like no cutting, lifts him and dives him into the the, the machine, the the arcade game. That's great stuff. That's stuff that I haven't seen from the MCU in a hot minute, if yeah. not ever. You know, like this shows her power, man. She's a powerful character, and it's hard sometimes to show power. We've seen that be a, a struggle for Marvel, actually, especially with women. Let's be real. So I really love that about her. And the way they shot scenes like that, you know what I mean? Um, and she it was hurt. like that in Hawkeye, though. She was like oh, that in yeah. Hawkeye. She was badass in Hawkeye. Right, exactly. But her picking up the different the balls that you have to roll into the thing, throwing them and hit cracking, the cracking noise when someone gets yeah. hit, or the gunshots, the her, her movement with the gun was clean. It's like Keanu. I'm not saying it's like Keanu, like all of the John Wicks. She rarely uses the gun in the show, but when she does, it was swift so yeah, the behind the something. scenes aspect like that that was clean that was clean what were you saying yeah i was just saying i also just like that you know this is a deaf character and so there's some yes. scenes where they play with that sound wise you know what i yep. mean when she receives the device that um allows her to kind of understand yeah it was just cool like little yep. little stuff like that man that's cool i knew you, you know, would Marvel's appreciate cool. that oh yeah you knew i was gonna bro i love stuff like that but yeah at the end of the day, I also love that this show wasn't lazy in that concept. And we could talk about that thematically later on, but that's the other thing. The sound is important because she's deaf. That first fight scene is fire because it's a deaf girl fighting a blind guy. That's fire. The whole fight scene was fire. Just if you know the fact that this is the lore of these characters. And I didn't really know how they were going to get that off. I've seen different shows do different things with deaf characters that are unique. I think of like Only Murders in the Building, you know, takes where there's no audio at all, but there's still so many beautiful things being shown on screen. So in this in this five episode spotlight series, they treated that aspect with love. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Again, I'm going to keep going back to Secret Invasion. So much better than Secret Invasion. Even down to the CGI. A lot of the CGI of certain things. I actually yeah. appreciated in this. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
it was cool. I thought the show, like you said, they didn't they didn't half ass it. I thought they actually took care of what they were building with this show. Um, moving on to our next category, which is narrative script. Mm-hmm. I mean, character interaction on this show, I thought was its strongest. Yes. Like when they were just two characters talking, whether it be Echo and Bonnie or Grandma and the store owner, which the store owner, I love the actor. Every Everywhere I see him, he was in Last of Us for like 30 seconds. And yeah, I love him seconds. in there. Yeah. But character interaction, Echo and Kingpin, those, it was glorious. They really nailed just simple interaction, not like exposition on my big bad plan or anything yeah. like that because if we're being honest about the narrative it was it's almost like if this were on another show everything that happened on this show would have happened in one or two episodes right right like the, the, at the end of the day even thinking right now the only thing i can think of is like maya goes home tries to mess with kingpin network because she thinks he's dead he's not dead and they go their separate ways. Now, I know that the the purpose of this was to explore Maya's heritage, which is also a stronger-ish kind of point of it, even yeah. though the whole alien thing and making them have that whole power stuff. I don't know if I like that Maya has some abilities, even though like I understand some lore bits of her character and stuff. But Right, from the comics. Yeah, like I respect it, but at the same time, I, I feel weird. I just got to see more from it, right? But um, narrative, like I said, it feels like Weirdly enough, the show could have used one more episode, but at the same time, if it were attached to another project, it feels like it would have been a one one hour episode perfectly done also kind of show. It's weird. I feel weird about it. Yeah, it's in this weird middle spot because it's about more than just her while also being about her. Yeah. It that's just what it is. You know what I mean? And I I mean one thing for me narrative wise that I appreciated was Marvel has this issue where they'll they'll introduce a character in a body of work that is not about that character. They'll just have them pop up and then they'll finally have an opportunity to expose, have some expository, expository, whatever the word is moments of that character. And it feels like there's a regression or there's a completely different character on screen than the first time we saw the character. The reference would be Black Panther when we see him in Civil War versus Black Panther in the first film. That pisses me off. And I hate when they do that. This didn't have that. I feel there's a gradual development and insight into this character that makes a lot of sense based on who we see her to be when she's fighting against Kate, who she she is against Hawkeye, who she is fighting for, the alleyway scene that they then cut into episode one. Like, they do a really good job at continuing it. So when you say there could have been another episode, it's also like all of Hawkeye's episodes with her kind of count like one whole episode, too. They cut episode one of Echo up from Hawkeye, which a lot of people have a problem with. Why? I didn't. I thought it was actually really brilliant because they start before and then they mix it very well. I thought it was very tasteful the way they mixed Hawkeye with Daredevil. Especially with Daredevil up in there. We're going to get to talking about Daredevil in a moment because he, what they did with him on this show represents perfectly what I need Marvel to do more because I think it is one of their worst features in many Mm. aspects other than just MCU. But Mm. um, yeah, bro, I thought that I agree with you. With, with that take, bro, because Secret Invasion had that problem where Nick Fury, 
who the hell is this guy? And then the next time you see him, it's like the Marvel's Nick Fury seems more in line with the Nick Fury we've seen the last few times you've seen him more than Secret Invasion did. Precisely. So, and I like that Nick Fury. You know what I mean? Black Girl Magic. But it's just, I don't know, bro. I really don't know what they do and why they do that. But they did it well here. And I think what it means for me is it makes me, again, spotlight. It makes me go, okay. Well, we've got four characters introduced via Marvel. And now we have to be reintroduced to them while also being told that there's continuity between the stories already told and what's to come. So if they can take that and they can do that same kind of uh, stewardship of the narrative, I'll be a happy boy. I'll be, I'll buy, you got my buy-in. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, bro, I, I think the the narrative in regards to the family and the redemption for her with losing her family in the beginning of what we see her story to be, how yeah. she's surrounded by family at the end. I think like that's a really cool and simple concept that's big. And then when you put it and you Venn diagram it with Kingpin, and his emptiness and the family he found in her and how they're writing that story, it paints a very clear picture of Kingpin's trauma. Yeah. Kingpin, I mean, and look, you see that you see the last episode. It's about it's about trauma was taken from you. When I was a boy. When I was a boy. A lot of that when I was a boy, you know. The reason why he's bashing Matt's head in and like all the seasons of Daredevil yeah. and the OG story is because when he was a boy. So it's like exactly. I love that I love that they went after that. That was cool. Yeah. I mean yeah, just thinking into like Kingpin, right? Because now you need to understand who this character is, right? You can't just jump into this. Now that Daredevil is confirmed canon, you got three seasons of Kingpin to go back and watch and understand what happened when he was a boy and how he manipulates the people around him that he perceives as weak. He he gets their weaknesses. He he just manages to hold on to them so that they work for him. You think of yep. Poindexter and how he managed to tie that stuff together. He yep. uses people's traumas against them. But what he found in, in, in Maya was someone who had that same anger inside of him, right? Which he found in Poindexter, but it was a little bit different because he was tre- actually treating Maya like something innocent that he wanted to protect. Right. Until she showed the darker side of herself. Then he started to use her. But in the episode where he beats the dude who was making fun of her because of her sign language, when she, when he turns around, he sees her there. He was on the phone saying like, yo, I don't want her to see this. He turns around, she's standing there and he's, he's, he's afraid that she is going to run away from him. So he's like, Maya, what happened here was, and she runs up and kicks the dude too. And then he chuckles and then he starts using her as a weapon. So that that dynamic was just so interesting to me because it's like I've never seen this side of Kingpin other than with Vanessa, Hmm. which was a little bit different because Vanessa was an equal. But to see someone that he found as innocent and then warp that and treat her like I'm your father, even though I'm not your father, like I'm your uncle. That was interesting. I like that side of, of Kingpin. It was fun to see him deal with that and i'm almost kind of sad that we feels like we dealt with a lot of it here because going into the future i would have loved to see more of a, a dive into that aspect of his character I, I, I yeah but also spotlight like i think yeah. there's always room for more of that and they're gonna need it because 
as much as we got the TVMA and it shed it shed light on the fact that Marvel can do these types of shows with the TVMA rating. That's what this show did. So we can take the gloves off for shows like Daredevil, places where Kingpin appears later. It it also it also opened up a certain um like it was a dark show but it wasn't dark dark. Like it wasn't Marvel uh Netflix version like it wasn't dark like that like i felt like it was dark but there were more of these elements that felt very i don't know man it's just it's not the same i don't know how to describe it maybe i just can't find the words but when you're watching this man kingpin bash the head of somebody into a car door in like season one of uh or maybe a season two was it season, season one, one or two season one season one season one you're like oh this you know, what I mean, you watching blood drip from like Matt's dome, like while he's getting fight, he's fighting and stuff. It feels different than what Echo was putting forward in these five episodes, from a weight standpoint. And I think it's cool to see him bubbly because we also saw in Hawkeye Kingpin with a with the Hawaiian shirt on, like that kind of a Kingpin. So they're they're giving us it. an and and you know what's his name? Uh, what's the actor's name again? I forgot his name. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio knows how to play a lot of characters. He's he's that's why he's so good as this character. He was in his bag when he was kingpin. But yeah. don't forget, bro, criminal intent, law and order. Like this man knows how to how to joke, how to be serious, how to be loving, how to be sensitive, how to be scary. So it's cool to see him have opportunity to access some more of those pieces of kingpin that I don't know if he was actually able to truly tap into in those first three seasons of daredevil you brought up something that i love because what you're describing right now is what i'm hoping for and what i always mean when i say i just don't want a season four of daredevil Hmm. you are speaking on that right now i don't want it to be netflix's season four of daredevil i want to be able to explore those different sides of matt murdoch Mm. The way we are getting to see these different sides of Wilson Fisk. I want to be able to see Jessica Jones in a different light other than what her show painted for three seasons. Luke Cage and Iron Fist, if they come on board, I want to see different versions of that. Frank Castle with the Punisher. That's what I mean when I say I don't want it to just be those coming over here. Matt and those first three seasons were who his character needed to be, but he was also who he needed to be on She-Hulk when he was there. And he was also who he needed to be when he was on Echo. It was great because all of them feel like Daredevil and it feels like a progression for him. So if Matt shows up and is cracking jokes, it's okay because Daredevil will do that sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, he's just not going to be like... I can't have my friends around and I failed this city, but I'm the devil. And no, no, I'm the devil and I'm staring at a neon light outside my apartment building. I don't need that all the time. So what, what you're saying is with this coming into the MCU, they, they could, they're going to have to find a balance where the weight is still felt, but I don't think it necessarily needs to be dark. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think I need that. You know, again, we're supposed to believe that Kingpin and Spider-Man can go toe-to-toe. We're talking about Spider-Man. Do you know how much of a tonal difference it would be to have Tom Holland show up on Daredevil to whoop that Wilson Fist ask? I'm not exactly. feeling that. I'm not feeling that. But I'm exactly. feeling what I felt from Hawkeye and what I'm feeling from Echo. Spider-Man could come whoop this dude's ass, which is something I also want to talk about in a few minutes. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. I, I I know we'll keep going, but it's like Echo Echo serves as a bridge. It's a spotlight and a bridge to these worlds. We saw her in the world of Hawkeye, who was in the world of Endgame, was in the world of Civil War, was yeah. in the world of shooting arrows and cracking jokes with like Black Widow. Yeah. On the tarmac. You know, look at the connection of these characters. I could never imagine a tarmac fight with Luke Cage. It just wasn't, it's not something I could fathom from those old shows on Netflix. Right. But now we're starting to see this connection happen in a way that makes sense. Ah, and I don't feel like you're cheapening these characters to do it. Right. Ah, and Echo is right in the middle of these worlds, bridging it so that it's one world. And then at the same time, like I said, her story isn't discounted. Majority of the time we're seeing her and her family members, oh, her yeah, and her no. people. And that's what's cool. I, I actually appreciate that a lot. And when we talk about these themes, let's talk about these themes, bro. Well, with what you said right now, I want to just make a quick connection to Star Wars. Mm. Book of Boba Fett forgot who its main character was. Yeah. Fennec and the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, became the main characters of that show. Boba Fett was put in the backseat. That yep. didn't happen here. They didn't forget whose show this was. They remember that this is Maya's show. This isn't Daredevil's show. This isn't Fisk's show. This is her show. And I appreciate that. So what yeah. you're saying right here, bro, it makes sense. Hit them themes, bro, before we go into acting and then beyond. Yeah, I think just from a theme standpoint, uh, again, redemption, man. Redemption is all through the bitch. We like it's that. all through the whole show, and I and I like that. I like, um, I like when redemption is it, it doesn't have to be over explained. There's really not a lot of over explanations. They're passing back and forth between her childhood and her present moments in the past seamlessly, and it's important because that's what redemption proves who she was, even as a child when she kills the hummingbird. Um, is it is hummingbird or was it like a? It was, it was a, a bird where was, she states like I didn't mean to hurt it. Yeah, it was the bird, and then the bird comes back bird. in the future, and um, I just think it's cool how they they start they start that episode, the final episode with that concept, and then they give this like peace that she has inside of herself over that concept as a reminder of hey, listen, you've been on this journey since you were a little girl. Um, and you need to make a very important decision for yourself on what you're going to do. And then the redemption of not being like Fisk and taking the hammer and killing him and, and ending his life, but instead helping him to move past his trauma uh, with her abilities is an, interest, is an interesting take, man. Refreshing. I, I like Refreshing. Yeah. Do I do I think it's a little cheesy? A little, a little cheddar? Tell I think with the, the way Jack. her powers, yes, her powers coming into doing that, that felt like what's going on. Because by the end of it, I was wondering what the hell did she do? Bro, like, she 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 ang, <laughs> shout out last episode. She she took away his bending, like, <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting for the future of his character because we need to understand where he's going. And they, but they was hinting towards that on the plane, bro, bro. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. But thematic wise, redemption was cool. You are not the monster of your past. You're not the monster someone else wants you to be. You know, they might have guided you one way, but you're going to be guided another way by by your family. Right. 
you know, by the people that you love, right. even though you feel like you have to push them away, they're there for you and they can guide you correctly. Yeah. But you have to trust yourself also. She didn't. And now she, and does. Now she does, you know, you know, but Disney plus getting the super suit in the last episode it, it's I'm tired of it. Yeah. But, you know, bro, it. it's like, yeah, whatever, girl, have it because, you know, it's but for her more than most of the other characters, it felt earned. Right? right. She had to go through that to earn that that, you know, there are other characters. I'm like, you just they just did that because they do it. This is the show is this show is a stop at the gas station, bro. Like, we was on a journey, and the tank got low, and we got to stop real quick and fill up. That's what it feels like. We're going to see her again. There's no way we're not. Oh. We'll oh, see yeah. her again. 100%. And I think, yeah, man. So then let's ride. You know what I mean? She got her suit now. She has she has a story now. When we see her on the field. She's not just cannon fodder or the girl who's strong, whooping ass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's going to be yeah. something different when she's seeing Hawkeye and Clint comes back, and now they're in the same sphere again, and it's like, oh, you got something different about you. What's up with that? You know what I mean? Like, or Kate Caesar, yeah. and it's like, oh, you want some different type of timing. Like, it feels right to know that she's she's evolved. You know what I mean? And that's that's yeah. another word I think is a good theme in this evolution. There's there's a level of evolution for the characters in this show. Yeah. Kingpin included, Daredevil included. Um, yes, sir. They're push. They're pushing a lot of little things in small ways. Small ways. It's not like gargantuan. It doesn't need to be gargantuan. It doesn't even need to be that deep. Super simple. I feel like Marvel's looking at us and through these themes, through this writing, they're like, hey, man, remember when you felt what you felt when you was watching the Marvels? Well, I got more for you. And it seems like the, there's a lot more, a lot of more pieces in Marvel's bag that they're going to try to start connecting for us. And some of it may work, some of it may not. But all I'm saying is, like we said earlier, if they treat these characters the way they treated them in this show, I'm on board. I'm with it. Connect the pieces for me. Talk about mutants. Yeah. Let's go. Like, I'm with it. Yeah, it's respect, bro. Yes. And again, I want to hit the point of you may not have wanted this show. You may not be interested in this show, but you need to understand the difference between your problem and Marvel's problem. Hmm. Because just because you're not interested in this doesn't mean that somebody else is not. That's been a big problem lately. Mm. Yes, Marvel has had some bumps, absolutely. A lot of bumps. But so. but if if you aren't interested in it, that doesn't mean that it's bad just because you don't want to watch it, right. right? Like it can still be good with you having no interest. There are plenty of movies out there that I know don't interest me, but I don't think they're bad movies. Nah. So I don't know. I think people need to get it in their head and and also understand that Marvel has a very difficult challenge on their plate right now in terms of audience. They do. Because how old were you when Iron Man 1 came out, Ivy? It's 2008. Born in 95. I was 13. Right. So we were their primary audience. I was eight years old when Iron Man 1 came out. How old are you now? 28. They are trying to keep you on board while also still target the audience range of 10 oh, my to brother, 18. Years so they're trying to now, instead of one audience, have two that they're, they they got to make stuff for. They're trying to do things. Yeah, it's hard. 
what are they going to do, right? They got to try different things, try different genres, themes. Yeah. I'm here for the bums, bro. I'm here yeah, for the bums. Yes, I, I, just think, think... I think you made a point earlier. Somehow Star Wars made a book of Boba Fett, but they're still the most compact, precise, and well done via different mediums, age ranges, universe. So it's like Marvel has an issue right now. And I think its issue is, I think that they 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 had too much momentum too quickly. And now they're having a hard time figuring out, okay, we already use our big trick. We already showed, we took the cat, the hat, you know, the bunny out the hat. Like we already did the trick. So now how do we do another trick to top the trick? I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. You're not. It's got to be slow growth. It's got to be yeah. beautiful character moments. That's the only thing that's going to make y'all go. And at the end of the day, this show made me feel like somebody in the creating area who was in a boardroom writing and crafting understands that a little. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a tiny bit. Of course. I'm I'm just all I'm just in general trying to just say tiny bit. Maybe this wasn't maybe this wasn't targeted for you. Maybe this wasn't meant for you. You know what I'm right. saying? That's all I'm trying to say. Young Jedi Adventures, it's not for me. I know who it's for, and I respect that it's for them. I'm not calling it trash just because it's not for me. Um, but at the same time, it's TVMA, bro. They're still trying to kick ass. They're still trying to go crazy. Well, no, this this one, yeah. yes. But there's a there's also a certain group of people that they were trying to hit for with this one more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, acting, bro. I mean, there's only so much to say. The supporting cast was cool. I enjoyed most of them. I didn't think anybody was particularly corny. I love that most of them learned sign language to be able to make the show process filming with uh, Maya easier. I love that. Speaking of it, I think I think that you know that you mentioning them learning sign language is also another part of the show that I enjoyed. It was one of my favorite moments. Was you know her just telling him, "You won't even learn sign language for me." Like that just proves that I'm just a tool to you. And I and I thought that was a crazy line. Like I just thought that that whole conversation and that that point yeah. was so well conveyed that I felt it in my heart. Like facts. He won't even learn that for right. you. Right. Fact. But he knows Russian to, to run his empire. Exactly. Like, like, you know what you need to know, what you want to know. And I think acting-wise, D'Onofrio, bro. Like, shout-outs to Homegirl Play Maya. What's her name? I don't even know the actress's name. It's I think it's Alanqua Cox. She did great. Cox, you killed it. You like cooked. That. You did what you was doing in, in Hawkeye. She's great. I love her. Easy. But... D'Onofrio, bro. I'm just a big D'Onofrio fan, me personally. And I liked him in this, too. I really thought he was strong, bro. Yeah. He was scary, yeah. but somehow soft a little bit. I was like, that makes me more afraid of you, dog. True. True. Yeah. I thought Cox was great just because it's hard to lead a, a show as someone who's deaf, right? Because you're already asking the audience to be taken on the journey of having to follow you sign language everywhere. And I thought you were great, right? It's the same reason why people cry about foreign films. They can't watch them because it's in a different language. They don't want to read subtitles. People don't want to read the subtitles of the sign language. I think you did great. I locked in. I was locked in. You know, some people put the show on in the background. You can't do that here. You can't put this show on while doing something else because of the sign language bit. I thought you were great. Stunt performance wise, also it was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
So the acting, I had no problems with either, really. I didn't think anybody was corny. I didn't think it was, yeah, it was it was just low-key, you know? Um, let's give this show a number rating, you know, if you can, if you feel like you can, um, before we move into what's beyond, what comes beyond, and things like that. You go first. That's hard. Right. Of course, you would ask me for the number rating and then um, say... That's no, I have mine. I have mine, right? So enjoyment rating and nah, like just ha- as the show itself are two different things. As a show, I think it's a solid like 6.5, yes, yes. 7. I was going to say 7. Yeah, I think it's it's somewhere around there. It's something around there, you know? And But it's a it was a good show. Like I'm not saying it wasn't good. It's just that's where it is. It's... It was a spotlight show. It was. It wasn't it's just to shed light on what's coming, yeah. man. Just to shed light yeah. on what's coming, and they did it in a way that was tasteful, you know. And and Secret Invasion yeah. is like a four. So exactly. Look at this. It's almost exactly. double double the show. It's almost double right. the show, right. and it's there quality. was care put into this. There was heart. They in thought this. about this. Yeah. There was love in this. There was research done for, to study yeah. these people in this culture. There was there yeah. was heart behind that. Honestly, it reminds exactly. me of when they did Miss um, Marvel and they did research on that culture and how to yeah. properly depict that and tie it to this to the character and all of her strengths and her abilities and her story yeah. and what she needs to conquer. So, yeah, yeah, and I give it I give Ms. it a seven. Miss Marvel, like they they were thinking bigger. They were trying to touch more areas. I think that's what helped this show. They weren't trying to touch all those areas. So it kept it more tight compact yeah because even that even that culture man is mysterious there's a mysterious nature to that mystical approach um and that's also where they they get away with what they did with her abilities like i'm like i'm mad at you but at the same time i can't really be mad at you because a is grounded in who she is so and where she comes from yeah um so just to end off this episode, bro, let's let's talk about the future, right? Number one, I just want to talk Daredevil, episode one. Him showing up for a three-minute fight scene, two-minute fight scene, whooping her ass because he's Daredevil, and then dipping out for the rest of the show. I love that because it makes this universe feel alive, and we need more of that. We we're expected to believe that 50 of these superheroes live in New York City and never interact with one each other. Come on, son. I'm not talking like Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. I need smaller interactions. I need Hawkeye final battle and two of the dudes that go to swing on Kate get webbed up and that's it. No interfering from Spider-Man, just assists. Low keeps. I got you. Spider-Man, human torch flying through. Yo, what's up, Spidey? You need help? Nah, I'm good. All right, bye. Just small bits like that. I love that they use Daredevil to show up and it wasn't cheap. Because we know that Daredevil and Fist go back and forth and they use it as a point. Yo, you stood up to him more than any other one of my dudes have ever done. Congratulations. You you elite. Okay, yeah, she did do that. She did do that. All this to say, bro, I need more interconnectivity from the Marvel Universe that is not on a grander scale. If we're going to have everybody be in New York. (laughs) I think what we said earlier, right, when it comes to they took the rabbit out the hat a big part of the hat or maybe the rabbit was that interconnectivity of all those movies into one. You can't do it again like that. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? But what can happen is both an introduction of what could happen, 
with character cameos like this, like seeing at the end of the Marvels an X-Men hat tip. Why? Because it's a small notion. So then when you see Wolverine and Deadpool in the trailer and you saw the Marvels, you like, oh, snap. Do I smell X-Men? Is this X-Men coming in? That's how it should be. It doesn't have to be this humongous thing. You know what I mean? Right. It could just be right. super small. Like one of my favorite moments where they did that was when um, it's Yelena, right? Yelena. When she's just talking to Kate Bishop in the apartment. If she didn't pop up another time in that whole show, but she was there in that apartment for that conversation, that would have been more than enough. I like stuff like that. I like moments that are small and quaint and unique because the characters' personalities get to show and rub up on each other. And then you just keep it pushing back into the focus of whatever you were actually watching. So I do I do hope we see that. I do really do, man. I hope that when we see Punisher back on screen, it is not with this majestic three-hour episode, two-hour-and-a-half episode where him and then... I don't need all that. I don't need all that. It could be something super small, super small to start, just to see my boy John back in the cut. I'm going to be like, what? What? When Spidey's in the cut and he knows Daredevil, but Daredevil don't know him because his mind has been erased like everyone else because of what Dr. Strange did, they better do it right, man. That's a great point. That's a great point. Let's talk about Daredevil. What are we looking forward to from that, IV? Because there's no doubt you have a fifth story. You're going to be pushing that towards two places, right? Daredevil or Spider-Man. We know that Kevin Feige is currently fighting with Sony about what they want Spider-Man 4 to be. Sony, because they, you know, they have their stupid contract in place. Sony wants Spider-Man 4 to be another crazy multiverse story. Kevin Feige wants it to be a street-level Spidey story. Now, if Kevin Feige gets his wish, Kingpin could be a player in that, correct? Of course, man. I think we're going to see Mayor Kingpin. I think we're going right. to see the Kingpin you see at the beginning of of, uh, of Marvel's Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. Yeah. Like, I think we're going to see a very powerful up in, in, in front of the masses, not just in the shadows, Kingpin. And yeah. I like that. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I hope that they do that well, man. I, I think for Daredevil, bro, not that happy about Foggy coming back. But seeing Foggy and Karen return and have an opportunity to see them reborn and what they bring in their relationship to Matt, right? that's going to be important too. I think everything needs to stay at a ground level, man. I call, I call when, when Willie texted me today, he said, you excited about tonight's conversation when we talk about Echo? I said, listen, man. All I really care about with this show right now is that Echo gave us an opportunity to see that Marvel has got something in the underbelly of the MCU that's worth paying attention to. And that is what this should be. It it doesn't need to elevate itself beyond that. I liked those moments in the Netflix shows where they would talk about the Avengers and it was this, they're from like another planet, but they're just down the street. They're just a couple blocks down. I like that. I want that disconnection while mm-hmm. also having connection. And and I think what they've done in this show could it could it could it could make it happen. It could make them yeah. elevate super high and then also come back down to something very grounded. Yeah. 
I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. I've seen leaked footage. I mean, I live in New York City. I've seen the footage that they're filming for Daredevil, you know? So I know things already about certain characters who are going to be on that show and other stuff like that. So I'm not going to sit here and talk about it. I don't know what IV knows. Right. But I'm excited about Daredevil. And, you know, what I will talk about are some some people's hopes that Echo is only stage one hmm. of a, you know, small level connected plan to have a street level saga in the midst of this multiverse saga where they have Echo and then they do Daredevil and then maybe Spider-Man 4 could be the the peak of it all with everybody being in the mix against Mayor Kingpin and him doing stuff with New York City and vigilantism and how Spider-Man and Daredevil are going to work together and that sounds cool. Do a cook. That sounds cool, bro. All this to say, bro, I'm excited to see what happens with Fisk, whether we see him again in Daredevil or Spider-Man or something else that they may cook up, right? The show, the show created excitement on a lower level for me that I really appreciated. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it for that reason. It shows Marvel's alive now. The other thing about Marvel's future this year is that we don't get anything from them this year. We just get Deadpool. We really just get Deadpool. And I think that's a good thing. Oh, absolutely. It's the same with DC, bro. I think we just need a little... It's like when you eat an Asian meal and they give you some radish to clean your palate. Like We just need a little... little Let me just chill for a sec. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Create the want. We need it. For more stuff. You get you guys get your time to rethink and reset your board, right? So Deadpool 3 right now is scheduled to be the only thing. We might get What If Season 3, which I know I said I would speak on What If. Here's what I have to say. I still don't care for it. It's not my thing. Sorry. Simple. It's not done well for me. I, I don't think it's done well, but... Echo was done um, better than those shows, in my opinion. Most of them were done better, in my opinion, bro, but just take the time to relax. Now, Captain America 4, that joint might be sealed. If that joint is buns, I don't think there's anything to say about that. Everything after Cap 4 and maybe Thunderbolts, they're they're actually trying to switch up their pattern. But Cap 4 might be done so when that drops. So That's called like a new know. order, right? Cap America, a new well, order. Something like that, a new yeah. world order. But world um, order or something like that. Point being, this was our Marvel discussion, one of maybe two for this year, bro. Hey, man. Last year we had, what, like seven? <laughs> So facts, you know, and we don't need to have a lot this year because, like you said, we're taking a pause. It's that Selah. But best believe when that Deadpool comes out, we know you saw the trailer. There. We know you saw the trailer, bro. It's the third coming. It's over. We're there. Yeah. I'm not even big on Deadpool, but we'll be there. Always. We'll Willie be there. always got to be the guy reason. who's not big on it. Come on, bro. You oh, know that trailer please. went stupid. You know it was just a teaser, and it was. It was a, a great trailer. trailer. It looks like it'll be my favorite one, but I'm talking about his first two movies. I'm not crazy about those. I I hear what you're saying. The trailer looks great for this one. TBA. I'm there day one. They brought Pyro back. Crazy. <laughs> what? Anyways, man, we thank you for moving along and grooving along with us, especially when it comes to anything Marvel. If you're a fan of Marvel and you haven't even listened to any of what we've spoken about. Go back to last year. Go back to season one. 
we've got everything from Ant-Man, Quantumania to the Marvels, uh, everything that happened last year. Uh, and we even recap all the phases prior. So definitely go back and take a listen if you're a Marvel fan and stay close to us as we talk more superhero stuff, whether it be Marvel or DC, as well as universes like Star Wars. This year, we're having all those conversations. If it comes out, we'll be handling it. We promise. Uh, If you're a fan of ours and you listen on YouTube, we actually do have playlists that list all of these different universes that you can listen to in a line. If you just want to play some while you're at work or in the car or whatever you need, uh, check in and subscribe with us over there on YouTube. And uh, yeah, we just thank you for listening to another episode of Kazawap. Every time you take a listen to us, you're always going to find two cousins, one podcast, and endless entertainment. Catch you on the next one.